0: Welcome to Weekend Watchlist, a look at what's streaming and streaming, brought to you by The Letterbox Show. I am Mia, there Slim. Hi. And together, we're going to dig through what's dropping this weekend, last weekend, recent trends on Letterboxd, and then we're also going to take a peek at our own watchlists.
1: Mia, this is your first appearance on this brand new pod, Weekend Watchlist, and your four favorites episode dropped this week, which... Was amazing, if I can be honest with you right now, it was an amazing episode. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone should check it out. <laughs> and so before we get into X, before we get into Deep Water and Uma, what is the most recent movie you added to your watch list this week on Letterboxed?
0: Uma is actually my most recent edition. I'm super excited for it. We're gonna get into that later, but um, other than that, my watch list is a lot of newer releases that I just kind of missed. So like um passing. Mass, Parallel Mothers, Bell, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, which I'm going to be seeing this weekend. That's by the director of Drive My Car. It's supposed to be awesome. And then I also found some older movie recently um, that's just about Meg Ryan duct taping her cheating husband to a toilet right before <laughs> their home is invaded by burglars. It is called Serious <laughs> Moonlight. And I added it purely based off of that description. I think oh, it's on God. HBO or something. I was like, whatever. <laughs> that sounds funny. <laughs>
1: that sounds like a total nightmare. A <laughs> yeah. To
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does not have stellar reviews, I'll say. Um, but that's part of the charm.
1: Mm, okay. So
0: that's what that's what I'm up to. What's your watch list?
1: How many, well, let me look at you. I want to see your account. How many movies you even have on your watch list?
0: It's like 280 something.
1: <laughs> okay. So that's not a lot. So I have not a 300- lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mi- Mitchell has like a thousand movies okay. on their watch list it's <laughs> okay. like insane so I I just looked at mine I have 353 movies on there okay, one that I wanted me. to call out just based on poster alone it's called Bobby Deerfield from 1977 directed by Sidney Pollack and Al Pacino is in it and he plays a famous American race car driver on the European circuit and he falls in love with someone who's terminally ill Oh no. I need you to I need you to see this poster right now. I'm gonna DM okay. it to you. Al looks tremendous. Oh
0: Al, my king, my <laughs> Italian king. <laughs> okay.
1: I mean, I'm look flicking. at that hair. He's like a young young old Robert Pattinson.
0: <laughs> young old Robert Pattinson. This is crazy. Why does it look like I know he's in a little race car outfit, but it looks like it's some old period piece. Right. Like, it looks Does, like a Doesn't it make painting. you want to watch that right now? That's a gorgeous poster. That's cool. And 1977, yeah. I feel, is the best year for cinema. That could be. It's very good. I'm not going to
1: dispute it. I'm not even going to give you an opinion on that. I'm just going to say it could be.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just trust me, okay? <laughs> yeah,
1: I will have to trust you on our journey together. So, X from Ty West is our first movie that's dropping this weekend that we're going to spotlight. It's on 40,000 watch lists right now. And the synopsis is, 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in a secluded farmhouse in rural Texas. The reclusive elderly hosts take a special interest in their young guests. And as night falls in, the couple's leering interest takes a violent turn. And you, maybe, just maybe have seen this movie. What's the story? What's the backstory here?
0: Yes, I did get to go to a special advanced 35 millimeter screening at the New Beverly. Shouts out New Beverly and the very kind A24 staff who let me in, even though this was my like my first assignment and I was freaking out and they were nice. Let me in for free. <laughs> Shouts out. Huge shout out. I was so stressed. Thank
1: you, A24. Um,
0: thank you, A24. But um, yeah, it was such—it was so fun to watch with the crowd. Um, this is like you know a very a traditional slasher, but it plays with expectations. Um, they played trailers for Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Prom Night, also starring Brittany Snow, and The House of the Devil, also directed by Ty West, um, which was fun. That really set the mood. I like when they do that. Yeah. It was really good that they showed the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> trailer cuz this movie is very much in that vein, very inspired by it. Um it's chock full of a bunch of um, homages to uh you know classic horror movies like that, like that one Evil Dead, um The Shining, Psycho, a lot of them.
1: Wow. Um Holy yeah,
0: man. yeah, it's a it's if you like horror, you really should check this one out. Um also Eli Roth surprise showed up for the Q&A and he described it as Texas Chainsaw meets Boogie Nights, but not gimmicky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a pretty quality pitch. I feel like a lot of people will probably yeah. be adding it to their watchlist just based on that sentence alone. Yes, yeah,
0: So that is direct from Eli Roth himself. The production was cool. It was filmed in New Zealand. Hey, oh, letterboxed. <laughs> um, and they used the same uh, workshop uh, that Avatar used, that Lord of the Rings used. It's called Weta. Mm. Um, so like, it's all practical. The gore and effects are all practical. It's it's super cool to see that. Um, the love for the genre really, really shined through.
1: There's a lot of buzz about this yeah. movie. I mean, yeah. even in our, our letterboxed Slack, I'm getting pretty annoyed that I haven't seen this <laughs> GD movie yet. So hopefully I can see it this, this weekend. House of the Devil, you had mentioned, I enjoyed that. I think that was probably the first time I've ever even heard of Greta Gerwig.
0: Yes. Yes. That was actually how I discovered it was when I was discovering Greta Gerwig and I saw, oh, she's in a horror movie. That's cool. I love horror. So that's how Mm -hmm. I checked it out. And I did enjoy House of the Devil. I did. I do quite like that one. It's fun. She eats pizza in it. (laughs) 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 That's the main thing I remember. There's a fun scene where she eats pizza. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Maybe maybe date night. CX Ooh, with, my, with it's, my lovely wife.
0: Yes, it's very fun to see with a crowd, I also want to say. Mm. The crowd reaction was was so much fun, and it's also opening on 2,500 screens in the U.S., so Cripes. it should be pretty accessible, very fun to watch on the big screen. It's it's pretty horny, so so watch <laughs> out for that. Um, not necessarily erotic. Um, there's a big difference between horny and erotic, at least to me, and um, yes. speaking of erotic a traditional a traditionally erotic movie, Deep water is also dropping.
1: Deep water I've heard so much about this movie Vic and Melinda Van Allen are a couple in a small town of Little Wesley. Their loveless marriage is held together only by a precarious arrangement whereby in order to avoid the messiness of divorce, Melinda is allowed to take a number of lovers as long as she does not desert her family. So this is dropping on Hulu this weekend. This is on 15,000 washless Adrian Lynn directed this film. And this one has an interesting backstory, right? Like this one was supposed to come out a while ago. Then it got dropped by the distributor. And then it's kind of like almost unceremoniously dropped on Hulu, which I'm all for. I can watch that at home.
0: The main thing I know about this movie is, you know, the tragic Ben Affleck, Ana de Armas relationship that is no longer in the works. Um, So I feel like they just kind of dumped it because, you know, neither Ben or Ana want to, Promote it, which I totally understand. I would not want to do promotion Mm. with my ex, especially if he's with J Lo. Are you kidding?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Most awkward press tour of all time. No, that would
0: be terrible. Yeah, so I understand why they don't really want to do press. I get that. I haven't been able to see it, but I think that that's the main thing that people are going to be thinking about. Um, Yeah, it also reminds me of Gone Girl, Um, only because Ben Affleck and you know, like. Thriller type,
1: right? Shady ish character, yeah. Gone Girl vibes come yes. to mind. Yes, it kind
0: of has a little bit of Gone Girl vibes, which you know I will watch anything that has Gone Girl vibes, so I'll probably I'll probably check it out. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking
1: I, when we were talking about this movie, I was thinking of other, you know, sensual, erotic movies, like mainstream movies that had come out. And the first one that came to mind was, believe it or not, the first time I watched Basic Instinct was like two years ago.
0: I still haven't seen.
1: Oh my, you haven't seen it. I know,
0: I'm whispering it so people don't
1: get mad at Nobody me. Nobody listening to this podcast can hear you. You can't hear me, me if
0: I whisper that I haven't seen it.
1: <laughs> there are some scenes in Basic Instinct. Let me just tell you, dear listener, you better close those blinds, my friend. Make sure no one is walking by during the beginning and many parts of that movie. So just a word to the wise.
0: I do want to see it. I like erotic thrillers and I miss erotic thrillers. I feel like there hasn't been a ton of erotica in mainstream films lately i don't know if that's because of covid or mm. i don't know weird puritanical beliefs but um my some of my favorite sensual cinema is uh bound by the wachowski sisters oh oh that one's Awesome. I and have then, not.
1: I believe it or not, I have not <gasps> seen that one. So we're we're, okay. we're we're even now.
0: Okay, that one's great. That's a fun uh, "Be Gay Do Crime" one. Yeah. So Bound Secretary with Maggie Gyllenhaal and Certified Freak James Spader. That one's <laughs> fun. Um, out of Sight George Clooney and J Lo. Oh,
1: speaking of J Lo. Speaking yep. of J
0: Lo, and then uh, this one is just for the Robsessed. Bella Me, starring Robert Pattinson, is not a movie I would call good, but it is a movie I would call sensual. So if you're Rob check out Bell on Me. It's just him boning his way through Paris. Um <laughs> with Uma Thurman, Christina Ritchie, and Kristen Scott Thomas.
1: Wow. I need to check the watch list data from the day we record to the day this episode drops for that movie, because that pitch, Rob Pattinson boning his way through Paris, I feel like it just <laughs> shot off the charts, in my yeah. opinion.
0: Yes. that I mean, that is literally what it's about. And there are women of all different ages, too. Like, age-appropriate, older, and even older. <laughs> so
1: Wow. Good for Rob.
0: Yeah. Good for Rob. Good for him.
1: So that's Deep Water. That's on 15,000 watch lists. So I'm, I'm eager to see the response to this movie. I did see a little bit of vibes. From the film Twitter, some I think some reviewers got access to the movie, so we'll see. I'm I'm excited to watch, but we we have another film we need to get to this week. And Sandra O oh has had a movie drop last week with Turning Red, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But she also stars in our next movie, Uma from Iris K Shim. This is hitting theaters, and this is on eight thousand watch lists.
0: Yeah, so Uma uh, is about a woman named Amanda, played by Sandra O. Oh. And she and her daughter live a quiet life on an American farm. But when the remains of her estranged mother arrive from Korea, Amanda becomes haunted by the fear of turning into her own mother. Mm. Um, I'm super excited for this one, (laughs) I want to say. I'm kind of bummed it's not getting a ton of publicity because it seems really cool. The trailer's awesome. It's an original supernatural horror movie, which is also Mm. awesome. And it's produced by the Sam Raimi. The King. The King. He's so much fun. um malignant was fun which was also produced by him that's a fan favorite so i'm i'm excited for it haven't seen it yet but i really want to see it opening weekend to support it um again because it's also written and directed by an asian woman which is just so cool iris k shim and it also seems to tackle <laughs> the subject of asian mommy issues which i know i have and i say that with love <laughs> and respect for my mother i love you very much mom uh, <laughs> so um yeah much like turning red too Which, and I think that that's just a really interesting subject, which again, we'll get into later, but.
1: Yeah, I'm all for supernatural thrillers. And I feel like we didn't even get the trailer for this movie until like a month ago. Yeah. So this is one of those cases where, you know, why not drop this on an HBO Max to help spread the word, make it, make it more accessible. So I do hope people check this out because I love supernatural thrillers. And we're thinking about, you know, since there's, since this is kind of a recent drop, what are some supernatural thrillers that we have enjoyed over the last year or two? and the one, the first thing I thought of was Host by Rob Savage. Remember like the height of co- the pandemic? And everyone's like, oh, there's going to be all these pandemic movies. And that one was like literally just a movie recording of a Zoom conversation about a seance. A group of friends do a remote seance. And I love that movie. And also Relic from uh, Natalie Erica James uh, about the missing matriarch of the family. She comes home, but they think there's some presence attached to her. Really enjoyed those too.
0: Oh yeah, with Emily Mortimer. Yes. Oh, I love. How about the end the
1: ending to that movie was insane.
0: I have Okay, so I haven't seen Relic but I do want to see Relic and I also want to say that I really enjoyed Host also. I had such a fun time watching Host. Yes. I love found footage though. Like any found yes. footage, almost any, I will have a good time. Just mentioned Malignant, but my my pick is Malignant. <laughs> <laughs> it's just goofy, campy fun. And again, Sam Raimi we loved yeah that. and
1: you know what I think word spread about that was because it was a that was an HBO Max release yeah. if I remember correctly so
0: yeah I saw it in theaters but it was on HBO Max and I'm glad I saw it in theaters because I, I just think horror is so fun to watch with a crowd as I already said before but can't stress that enough
1: for sure Let's look back to last week and see how the Letterboxd community is shaking things out for our most recent releases. And just a reminder from last week, if you want to have your review or list potentially read on the show on future episodes, just tag your review with Weekend Watch list. So I know we both want to spotlight Turning Red. I love Turning Red. You watched it twice, right? So I'm assuming you also loved it.
0: Yes, I did watch it twice in the span of a couple of days. Yeah, I I loved it. I loved it. It was just so relatable, like viscerally relatable. <laughs> I was like, my friends and I were all just like, oh, like wincing and cringing on the couch, just like at all the embarrassing moments. <laughs> it's, oh, oh my God. I, I I, really enjoyed it. I cannot believe how much weird, bizarre hate it's getting for yeah. um, daring <laughs> to show puberty. <laughs> oh, so scary. And it is scary, not to downplay how scary puberty is. It is genuinely Um, terrifying. But I just think it it explores that subject so authentically and honestly. And I feel like if I had watched this movie when I was a 13-year-old Asian girl who was obsessed with, you know, like, boy bands, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) mine was Panic at the Disco, which is humiliating to admit. (sighs) (laughs) But that is the truth. I think that this is a really important film. Not to mention it was directed by an Asian woman. It had like a team of a lot of uh, women creatives on it. So I, I just, I think it's kind of sad that again, it was dumped on Disney plus, but at least that makes it accessible so that, uh, preteens can find it on their own and watch it you know <laughs> privately maybe because yeah, that's it a could good be, point i didn't even think of that yeah i think that um you know parents are also kind of upset because like it's an uncomfortable watch and it kind of teaches kids that like you're your own person separate from your parents and it teaches kids kind of about generational trauma and breaking the chains mm-hmm. of that and breaking cycles so i see why i guess parents might not want to watch it with their kids but
1: yeah, I agree. I would have loved, it's funny to waffle on Umma, whereas this one, I was like, oh, I wish this one got a theatrical release. I also felt like this was a really important Disney film to have that moment. And unfortunately, it didn't. And Soph, who does the transcripts for Letterboxd, uh, I do want to spotlight her review. As a pop music-obsessed Asian weirdo girl from Toronto, there's literally no universe where this movie doesn't get five stars for me. It felt like this movie was made for me and me only, but the beauty of it is that there's something in it for everyone. So I wanted to spotlight that review. It was great.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, it is a, it is universal, even though it's specific. Yeah. <laughs> but because it spotlights an Asian community, then people think like, oh, it's a niche little community. It's like, no, actually right. there are millions and millions, billions of us even.
1: And and even to spotlight its universal appeal, Jib Shu tagged their review with Weekend watch list. I'm actually happy this went straight to Disney Plus so I didn't have to go to the cinemas alone and see all the parents stare at the grown man going to see the fluffy panda movie. So Jib Shu gave it a beaming <laughs> review on Letterboxd. Uh, so at least they were appreciative to be able to watch that at home. So I wanted to spotlight that.
0: Um, another thing that I really, really appreciated about this movie was how it so honestly and empathetically explored, like the very complex and touchy subject of Asian-Canadian slash Asian-American um, mommy issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and again, I, I love you, mom. I love you, mom. We're good now. But, um, you know, it, it's just like Mitski said, your mother wouldn't approve of how my mother raised me but I do. I think I do. Your best American girl. Great song. Check it out if you have. Um, but I just, I just think that this is, this is a very, very important and interesting subject. And I, I'm very happy that it was being discussed in a pretty mainstream film.
1: Not, this isn't a spoiler, but how great was that scene towards the end when the two characters were walking by the trees and even before that? Yeah. Holy cow. What a scene.
0: I I had chills. I was tearing up. It, it that, that really hit me hard. <laughs> yeah, it's very emotional. Very emotional. Mm-hmm. Oof.
1: The other thing I want to spotlight too. Last week's The Adam Project. We uh, talked about Ryan Reynolds, and I at least mentioned that my son might want to watch it. Unfortunately, he balked and he went to go play Roblox instead of watching that movie. So I did not fire it up. But I I did see some reviews tagged with weekend, weekend watch list. Uh, it's sitting at a three point one average rating. And I should mention. Turning red, sitting at 3.9 average on Letterboxd right now. So very high. The Adam Project, uh, Ron, I expect that the Adam Project isn't going to land for most people. It can be fun and heartfelt, and it's mostly generic. Even just a couple years ago, I probably would have forgotten about it before the credits rolled. But today, it hit home. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go call my dad. So that's from Ron. So wow. there is some definite appeal to The Adam Project. Uh, Christian also tagged their review, movie junk food which I thought was a pretty positive review.
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the Letterbox Top 50 of 2022. So Jack updates this list every Monday to show what is at the current top of the pile. Uh, one thing that stands out to me this week is that After Yang dropped from number four to number six. So let's get that up, people. Tell your friends about After Yang Please.
1: It did also drop from 4.1 to 4.0. So it is doing that kind of leveling out. (laughs) But again, like this is my movie of the year so far, folks.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Me too. If you have Showtime, get the free trial to Showtime if that's what it takes. Make sure you watch it. Two other things that are worth pointing out. So Turning Red has entered the list. The Letterboxd Top 50 of 2022 already. Woo. It's sitting at number 10 with its 3.8 average. Also has 326 fans already in their top four on Letterboxd. Oh. Jack pointed out two films we want to talk about, Marvelous and The Black Hole entering red, two films about female Asian tweens from a female Asian director's debut feature. And both of those movies have entered the Letterbox Top 50 of 2022, which is pretty rad.
0: That is so rad. That is extremely rad. It's what I'm looking for. It's what I desire. Yay.
1: Yeah, the synopsis for Marvelous and The Black Hole, a teenage delinquent befriends a surly magician who helps her navigate her inner demons and dysfunctional family with sleight-of-hand magic. Yeah, and I had never heard of Marvelous in the Black Hole. This is at number 41. It has a 3.4 average on Letterboxd. This premiered at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival, uh, but it's finally getting its first national release, which is uh, why it's entering this list. I think that it officially happens April 22nd. So Rhea Perlman is in this movie, and director Kate Sang has a history in animation working on Adventure Time and Steven Universe. And Adventure Time... It's one of the greatest television shows ever produced by human beings. So I th- I'm going to be watching this movie.
0: Wow, yeah. Now I'm, now I'm very interested, adding to the watch list now.
1: Okay, so last thing we'll do this week, and Mitchell and Aaron at Letterboxd had this suggestion as we were listening back to last week's episode. You know, last week we talked about what did we add to our watch list this week, but maybe try something even brand new. Let's both head to our watch list on Letterboxd and in honor of Uma, sort by horror and then sort by shuffle. So, whatever movie is first, you have to watch that before we're together again on weekend watch lists.
0: I can commit to that.
1: What did you get by heading to your watch list and doing that sort and then shuffling? What was your movie
0: i'm I'm actually thrilled with the one I got. I got scanners by Cronenberg,
1: oh, my gosh, yeah, the famous gif movie,
0: yes, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, And I I love Cronenberg. I've seen quite a few of his films. Um, Most of them. This is like one of the last few I just haven't seen for whatever reason, even though it's one of his most famous. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, I can absolutely pledge to watch that one. I've been meaning to watch it for years.
1: I'm going to go in there right now. I'm sorting by horror genre, and then I'm going to hit shuffle. Sort by shuffle. Oh, my. Wolf Guy starring Sonny Chiba. My dear friends at Bat and Spider Podcast just covered this movie, so I haven't been able to get it to it yet, but uh, let me read, let me just read this synopsis. Akira is the only survivor of a clan of ancient werewolves who relies on his supernatural powers to solve mysterious crimes. So if that's not a movie to watch, (laughs) his jaw just dropped when I read that synopsis.
0: (laughs) Wolf guy! (laughs) Wolf guy!
1: Thank you so much for listening to Weekend Watchlist brought to you by The Letterboxd Show and thanks to this week's co-host Mia Vecino. You can follow Mia, Slim, that's me and our HQ page on Letterboxd using the links in our episode notes.
0: Yes, thank you so much to our crew. Thanks to Letterboxd member Trent Walton for the theme music Eyes On and thanks to Jack for the facts Sophie Shin for the episode transcript and to you for listening. Weekend Watchlist is a tape deck production. This is this, this is a tape deck podcast.